you've reached a place in your business where you're up against a lot of resistance. Things that came naturally at the beginning are a little more hard and you're finding that you have to do a ton of work to just get the busy things in your business done. You're not attracting the clients that you desire and maybe you're not making the money yet that you're looking for. Well, today's guest, Andrea Freeman, we are going to unlock the art of receiving. How can you move your business to a place where you're experiencing more ease and flow and attracting abundance based on bringing your whole authentic self to your business? Let's dive right in. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Mom to Mogul podcast. I am super excited about today's guest because we are talking abundance today as well as how to step into that mogul version of you so you can attract those ideal soulmate clients. So today I am joined by Andrea Freeman. Hello, Andrea, and welcome to the podcast. Hi there. It's so good to be here. Why don't you start by introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. So I am a celebrity event planner turned mindful business coach. And what a mindful business coach is, is someone who teaches other entrepreneurs how to create businesses that feel as good as they look, that are aligned and that have you getting out there doing your business in a way that feels really authentic and really sustainably profitable. Awesome. And the sustainable part is so important, especially for those moms who are building businesses. I find that a lot of them are scared sometimes to step out into entrepreneurship because they can't predict how successful it's going to be. So let's start with your motherhood journey. I know you have a daughter. What is it like for you being a mom and a business owner? My entrepreneurial journey completely turned on its head when I became a mother. So (laughs) when I was like mom to mogul, like these are my people. I was so (laughs) excited to have this conversation because stepping out into entrepreneur, listen, it's a risk. It takes something. You have to have courage. You have to be brave to step out into entrepreneurship, but to then bring into the mix, like being responsible for caregiving, all of the things that it is to be a mother and wearing all of the hats and balancing and doing that whole juggle. I am capable of a lot. I have a lot of stamina. And when I became a mom, I literally did not know what end was up. And that is ultimately the thing that led me to become much smarter in my business, to work smarter, not harder, to be able to create the systems and the practices and the structures within my business, to step outside of my discomfort and asking for help and actually bring people into my business, trust people into my business, right? hire and all of that and outsource and ultimately led me to outgrow my business quite Mm -hmm. honestly and that's when I transitioned from celebrity event planning to business coaching because I wanted to be having certain kinds of conversations and I wanted to be able to do those things and have my business in a way that worked for my family right like I had built that one business up to the point where, I mean, it was thriving, but it was thriving at a price, right? Like I was running on the hamster wheel for years. I was saying, this isn't sustainable. This isn't sustainable. (laughs) And I was like looking around, like, like when's somebody going to save me? And I finally realized like, okay, you're going to have to save yourself, sister. Like no help is coming. And I don't want to be the mom who misses gymnastics anymore. I want to be able to pick my daughter up myself if she gets sick at school. Like I want to be able to be available 
And that's not to say that anyone should do any of these things as a mother. We all have our own expressions, but if you're finding that your business is starting to zap your time and you are not as available for your life the way that you want to, you you get to redesign it. Right. You get to choose. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast that you're not a tree. You can move. <laughs> you can pivot mm-hmm. in your business as necessary. So for you, what makes being a mindful business coach different from some of the other strategies you see out there. I know for me, when I first started, it was very much strategy, tactic, work, work, work. And that was the only formula. But I think over at least the last maybe five or seven years, you begin to see more people diving into mindset, more people talking about, okay, are we creating more jobs for ourselves? Are we creating a business that's more aligned with our life? So what does that title kind of mean for you? So for me, I mean, I've been involved in personal development for the last 28 years. I picked up my first self-help, if you will. I think that's what it was called back then, um, book when I was 12 years old. And simultaneously, I actually had started a business. I was like, you know, had a little babysitting business. Business ownership and mindfulness, like they've always kind of gone together for me. But I get that that's not that way for everybody. And some people might be new to the conversation. So for me, what mindfulness means is that I am tending to not only my mindset, but I'm tending to all parts of myself, like mind, body, spirit, soul, like all of it, so that I can be the best version of myself in my business, in my friendships, in my relationship with my daughter, in my relationship with my husband, in every part of my life, right? And so that the only thing that I'm doing, because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs fall into this category of like, we stop having hobbies, we stop having really anything else. What do I do for fun? I work. What do I do for fun? I have a business, (laughs) right? Like that becomes like this acceptable. And so to step away from that burnout culture Mm -hmm. and really be able to have thriving parts of our lives in all areas of our lives. Because I think that, and I know you wanna talk about abundance and we'll get into all of it, (laughs) but I think that to truly be abundant and to truly prosper, you know, you really have to have it in all areas. And anywhere where you don't have it, you can lean into and look at what you're doing in an area where you do feel present to abundance so that you can start creating it in in other areas where you're a little less sufficient. Yes. And I think it definitely what going back to what you said about having hobbies outside of the business, many of us have turned our hobby into the business. And now anything we do creatively or anything we do for fun, we think, oh, I should just sell this thing or I should make this a program or I should turn this into a course and not having those hobbies outside of that and those interests outside of that. So how can we avoid turning the fun stuff into money makers in our lives. Oh my gosh. I have so much to say about this because I am one of those people who try to monetize like every single thing that I do in my life. Mm -hmm. And in a previous life, I was a public school teacher. That was not something I ever really tried to um, consciously monetize. I definitely took a step to step away from that when I went to culinary school. But that is something that I have incredible joy from. Like cooking for me is like meditation. It's like medicine. You know, like I use food as whole foods and medicine and I love all of that. So I went to, which makes a lot of sense, the Natural Gourmet Institute where they taught me (laughs) how to cook like using French culinary arts and Eastern and Western philosophy of nutrition. It was amazing. It was so much fun. They turn out a lot of private chefs. I learned so much and had a blast doing it. And when I got out into the workforce and I started to go into kitchens, 
I could not have been more miserable. I could not have been more out of alignment. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as I tried to turn it into a business, into a vocation, into a job, it took all the joy. And I tried to do everything that I could. I was like, well, maybe it's not professional kitchens. Maybe I should be a private chef. And that's how I started my catering company. And then eventually that led to event planning, right? You see the the timeline here (laughs) unfolding. It was really just a natural kind of evolution and self-exploration. I wouldn't change any of it because I got to have all these different businesses and I got to learn along the way. But the one thing that I can say is that I had the courage to be able to constantly pivot. And if you're like learning through kind of the school of hard knocks in Mm -hmm. real time because you're following your bliss, you're following your passion, you have to be willing to be honest with yourself when you realize that it's starting to feel heavy, that it's starting to take a lot of force or energy Mm -hmm. or effort because the things that we're doing when it truly is our zone of genius, It comes pretty effortlessly. The clients present themselves. The people for your podcast fall into your (laughs) inbox, right? Like you are in the flow when you are doing that thing that is really, truly meant for you to be doing. If it's feeling like a lot of work, there's probably something to look at. I think a lot of times people, since they've started that path and they spent so much time building that thing, as you mentioned, your culinary career, you could have easily said, I went to school for this. I should just stay in this field forever, but you were okay with pivoting. So when we talk about getting in alignment in our business, what is the first step to start to discover if you are aligned or if it's time to pivot? I I work with my clients with a system that I call the host your life method. And this looks like being able to distinguish between, am I being a guest in my life? Am I just taking Mm -hmm. what's offered? Am I basing my decisions based on what other people have said, right? Because when we're a guest at a party, we don't get a choice about the music or the food or who else is invited, right? We just take what's offered. So that's what it looks like to be kind of a guest in our life or in our business. Or alternatively, we could choose to be a host. And when you're the host, you get to create something that's an authentic representation of who you are. You get to have a say in all of it, right? What it looks like, what's going on, what are you doing? So the first step for me in that is H. And that is that you honor your why. You get a lot of clarity about why you're doing what you're doing. And I really go really big picture with this. Mm -hmm. I actually believe in creating a why for our life. Yes, your business can have core missions, core values, all of that, 100%, develop those things. But if you create a big enough why for your life and what you're here, like ultimately your purpose is that you get to say, then you can create a container that's big enough to fit a lot of different businesses into. And quite honestly, for myself personally, I started to do it inside of my event planning business. I got really, really clear that I was here to connect and inspire people. Now, what that looks like as a mindful business coach is that I'm not bringing people together just for a celebration or a party, that Mm -hmm. I'm connecting people with their higher vision, with their higher purpose, with their higher power, with what drives them in the world, right? I'm connecting them more deeply with themselves and their outer world. So different expression, Mm -hmm. same purpose, right? So if you get, if you go big enough with it, you can create something that's a real guiding force. Mm-hmm. So after you have your why and you're using that to inform what you're doing, why you're doing it, 
then you have to step into your power. You have to own who you truly are. And this is where we start getting into like imposter syndrome or negative self-talk or self-doubt, right? And honestly, like when we're up to something, when we're trying to fulfill on a big purpose, we don't have time for that. Like we (laughs) have to- We have to own who we are. We have to be bold enough to let the world see all of our gifts. Honestly, we're usually trying to keep ourselves small Mm -hmm. to keep other people around us in some way, shape, or form comfortable to not outgrow the people that we love so much and to not kind of shake up the cart, right? Mm -hmm. So, So always the second part, that's owning who you truly are. And a big part of being able to step into owning who you truly are is shifting your perspective, Mm -hmm. looking at who you're being, looking at what you believe is acceptable, why you believe it's acceptable, where you put all these opinions in place and like, you know, your earning potential or you have to work this many days a week or whatever way you think it has to look. Why does it have to look that way? And can you shake it up so that it all feels more in alignment with you, right? So that's shifting your perspective. And ultimately, the final piece of the puzzle, once we are very clear about why we're doing what we're doing, the way we're doing it, and what makes it so unique and so special, the way that we serve people, we end up in this place that is very, very full of our gifts and like, like so compelled to share them with the world. So ultimately you're led to take inspired action to get it out there in the world. So Mm -hmm. I work with business owners to help them create in their business, not from a place of like goal setting, which is very driven by lack, right? I don't have this much revenue. I don't have this many (laughs) clients. I want to have what I don't have. So let me set a goal for that, right? Instead, we're drilling down and just so leaning into our natural gifts and all of the abundance and how very full we are and creating from that place. So, so that works. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I love the inspired action because when you're in that flow, you're creating things that not only will serve people, but that are filling you up as you're in the creation process. So I want to move a little, a little bit more to the, the visibility. When you, you say step into that higher version of yourself, how can someone tell they're playing small? Mm. <laughs> how can they tell? Because I think yes. a lot of the ladies that I work with, they're confident. You know, they're, they're brilliant women. They've excelled in their careers or in their communities. And I think it's a little different. And so they're kind of taken aback sometimes. And I'm like, no, you're not walking your full mogul version yet. So how can someone tell they're playing small? Yeah. So I joke around that when you're playing small, because visibility is so important in our businesses, right? It's how we get the word out. It's how our soulmate clients find us. I believe in what I call energetic marketing, which is that when we get really dialed into what we do, why we do the way we do it, exactly how we do it, that our job, our number one job is to feel good and then step out and share about it consistently, Mm -hmm. right? Because when we're consistently shining our light, kind of like a lighthouse in a harbor, just Mm -hmm. like, this is what I do. This is why I do it. This is how Mm -hmm. I do it. This is what's special about it. Our soulmate clients can actually hear that message and they can come in and inquire with us, right? What's it look like to work with you? Like they'll start following you. They'll start asking for a consultation. But if you are not consistent, if you're not out there being visible, they can't find you. 
Mm-hmm. They don't know you're out there. <laughs> so you know that you're playing small and not stepping into your visibility when it feels more like online dating than it does like running a business. When you're spending time thinking more about like, am I ready? Am I camera ready? Am I ready to go live? Mm-hmm. Like when you are brainstorming more than you are in action, you're playing small. Love it because live stream and video content is my favorite thing to do. And that is the hardest thing to get sometimes my perfectionist clients to step out and and do that. And I I always focus on, hey, there's somebody out there waiting to hear this message. And the longer you wait for the brand shoot or the pretty logo or all those things to be in place before you go live, they cannot Mm -hmm. find you and they can't get the solution to their problem. So when you talk about those soulmate clients and the abundance that comes from that, what does that then feel like for a business owner? Because I think a lot of people just don't know. They haven't had that experience yet. So what does it feel like to find those soulmate clients? If we think about this in a romantic sense, right? Mm-hmm. Our soulmate is not someone who like we have some missing piece of ourselves and then they fill in that missing piece, right? We get ourselves, when we find that relationship, people always say, right, you get it when you're not looking for it, right? When you are so filled up with how amazing you are and how juicy you are and all the gifts you have to share with the world, that's when the soulmate shows up and just exactly like in a relationship, that's when the soulmate client shows up. So that's why I say go through that process of getting really clear about who you are, why you do, what you do, the way you do it. Be out there having a freaking ball doing what you're doing (laughs) and people will show up because there are people out there who are hungry for exactly what you have to offer. And quite honestly, why they're not working with someone else yet is because they're not you. They're waiting for someone who is that exact person that you are that they're hungry to, to learn from, right? So it it looks a little different, right? Like some people love to go live on Instagram. I personally love guesting on podcasts. For me, that is a natural and very authentic expression. So I show up once a week at least for a podcast interview. I, my love for podcast guest interviewing turned into now I have my own podcast, right? I never knew I wanted to start a podcast. It was only by being in action and being of service and just doing what I love that I would quite literally do all day for free if (laughs) I had to. Thank goodness I don't have to do it for free, but I would. I mean, I just love what, I mean, it's so easy to show up and have these amazing conversations with aligned people. So if stepping out into visibility feels scary and it feels daunting, just get started from where you are. Like, don't make a commitment to go live every day if you've never done it before and that seems scary. (laughs) Make a commitment to go live once a week, right? And if showing up by yourself seems scary, find somebody who will go live with you once a week. Find one per, it doesn't even have to be the same person. You can invite new people who you think are experts, who you think are awesome, who you want to have conversations with into your world and go live with them on your Instagram. 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be however you want it to be (laughs) as long as you show up. Love it. Love it. Love it. So what advice would you give those moms who are on the fence about starting a business? 
About starting a business? Yes, about starting. Oh, well, I mean, if you're on, listen, sitting on a fence is a pretty uncomfortable place, right? <laughs> to sit like that, jump in or jump out, but don't yeah. sit on the fence, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you are thinking about it, there is very little you can learn from just thinking about it. Like, I think that usually when we're sitting on the fence, it's because we're trying to get it perfect. We're trying to have all our ducks in a row. We're trying to have it all lined. You have to get over that. Truly, entrepreneurial journeys are personal development journeys disguised as business pursuits. Like that <laughs> yes. is just, the, that's the truth of it. You are never going to have it all right. You are never going to have it all lined up. Like, look, think about it with like motherhood. Were you trying to plan out the perfect time to have a baby? I mean, I know, like I'm a planner. I tried to plan out exactly when I should. And finally I was like, there is never going to be a good time to do this. Uh -huh. I just have to become a mother and then I'm going to figure it out. That's exactly right. what business ownership is like. So if you're sitting on the fence, I say get in there and try it out. You get to say if it's a success. You get to say if this is the thing that's working for you or if it's not working for you. If it's not working for you, change it. That's totally fine. But you will never know. And if you don't try it, it'll probably be something that you regret. And why have regrets, right? Definitely. And so one last piece of parting advice, if we're looking for more abundance in our lives, what is one step we could take today or an action we could take today to have that abundance show up? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so many things. When people want to start creating something new, they want to start manifesting something in their life that they don't already have. They very quickly get into that space of getting clear about why they want, right? And like maybe get, having gratitude. Like I feel like everybody talks about gratitude yeah. and that that creates more abundance. Doing any of that from a place of like in order to is a not so totally effective. It's helpful. You want to be present to what you got already because the people who receive the most in life, it is absolutely 100% the people who receive more. Yeah. So if you are not, I know that that sounds weird and kind of like a contradiction in a way, like, well, of course, people who receive, receive more. But when if you're looking from a place of like i don't have this i don't have this i don't have this you're gonna keep not having not right. having not having so you have to turn the lens on and even in other parts of your life look at where you are this is what i call the art of receiving look at where you are allowing yourself to receive and look at where you have a block in receiving right do you shy away when people give you compliments? Mm -hmm. Do you not ask for help when you really could use it? Or when people offer it without you asking for it, do you say, no, I'm fine, I can do it, <laughs> right? Because the level to which you're pushing it away and keeping re that receiving at arm's length is the level to which you're just not open to receiving in general. And like all of this comes down to, I believe, ultimately being an energy and like the universe trying to give you support it, and it looks a, a lot of different ways for all of us but when we start opening up more and more to receiving then we that's when we start to receive it in all areas so yeah. pay attention to where you're open to receiving and where you're blocked or like closed off to receiving thank you so much i think this was so helpful so where can our audience stay connected with you and learn more about your business and your services 
Yeah, sure. So I am most active in my Facebook group, which is the Up Level Collective. So if you just go to facebook.com forward slash up level collective you can feel free to join me and you know follow along there and i have a podcast like i said which is the up leveled entrepreneur so more conversations like this if anyone's interested happening over there love it thank you so much for joining us for today's episode you guys can find all of the information we talked about today in the show notes and i will see you on the next Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Mom to Mogul podcast. If you did, I would love if you could leave me a five-star review. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave your review, and don't forget to tell me why you're enjoying the podcast, and I will see you on the next one.